Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking in zone, wide open, touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson! And it goes to Corey Davis. Crowder trying to get him out of space, slopes a tackle, and there he goes! Crowder! It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there! A 69-yard touchdown. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. It's time for the Jets Patriots post game report. And so for that, we bring in our friend who covers the Jets for NorthJersey.com on the road in Foxborough, Mr. Andy Vasquez. Andy, what's going on, sir? Hey, Scott. Yeah, that was a, a rough afternoon for the Jets on every <laughs> yeah on every level. I mean, there there's it's hard to find uh, anything positive to take out of that but maybe the fact that uh the initial prognosis on zach wilson's knee injury is is good but we're not going to really know anything until the mri on monday so the one thing i took out of this that's positive is that at least i wasn't there to watch this in person because this was ugly the jets get smashed 54 to 13 and in fact it was so bad that brian hoyer got in on the action and ended up leading a touchdown drive late in the game after they pulled all of their starters including mac jones and this is one of those situations, Andy, where at least early on, it's not like Mac Jones was doing a lot. Later on, he started to cook a little bit. But early on, it was just a matter of the Jets' defense not being able to defend screens and draws. And this is something that we knew was a problem, but Bart Scott pointed this out in the post-game show on SNY after the game, and it's something that every Jets fan has realized. The Jets have had trouble doing this all throughout the season. It's just that teams to varying degrees haven't capitalized on it as much. The Patriots hit that early 
often and over and over again, and they made the Jets pay big time. There's no way around it. The Jets' defense, which has mostly been decent so far this year, if not good, they were not good against Atlanta, and they were terrible today against New England Patriots, allowing 54 points. Absolutely embarrassing, and we'll get into the offensive side of it in a minute because obviously there's a huge story there on the offensive side of the ball. But defensively, my goodness, Andy, it could not have gone much worse. Oh, it was a disaster. And I think you saw last time the Jets were out, you saw a team in Atlanta that began to capitalize on those problems. And you saw that, you know, the Jets could kind of recover from it with C.J. Mosley out there. Today, you saw what it looks like when they don't have C.J. Mosley out there to help them kind of iron some of those issues they're, they're having out. And it was... I mean, it was a historically bad performance. It was as bad as it gets. Um, I mean, I think the 551 yards were the most they've given up in a game since 1998. The uh, the last time they gave up 50 points, I believe, was against Miami in 1995. I mean, you're just – and the last time they gave up more than 50 points to the Patriots is in 1979. So mm-hmm. it, this was bad on every level. and And you've got to start to look at – everything here obviously the coaching isn't great but the the coaches have shown that they can put a defense together that's you know somewhat capable but but there's talent issues all over the roster and at a certain point coaches are are not going to be able to do enough to overcome the talent deficits and I think that's kind of where you're seeing now that we're six games into the season and teams have had a chance to game plan against them uh, they know what they can go after. They know where the talent isn't on this roster, and and uh, it, it's really you know hurting the Jets. And we saw that today. Uh, and Robert Sala said it best after the game about C.J. Mosley not having him hurt, but it shouldn't have hurt that much. As I said, an epic disaster all the way around. They weren't able to cover. They didn't get to the quarterback very much. Mac Jones was able to get rid of the ball quickly. And as we said, they took advantage of the screens and the draws early and often. And quite frankly, as you said, Atlanta, more than any other team, revealed the playbook for how to deal with the Jets' defense that had largely overachieved. And then the Patriots took a look at it and really pushed that completely wide open. So we'll see what happens with C.J. Mosley because clearly they'd be in better shape with C.J. Mosley. But one linebacker is not going to be enough to fix that problem in and of himself. Once teams see the blueprint here, they're going to go for the jugular. And I can't imagine it's going to get any easier against the Cincinnati Bengals next week. So yes, if C.J. Mosley comes back, it will absolutely help shore up some of that weakness. But Andy, what we saw today, like I said, C.J. Mosley is one of the best inside linebackers in the sport. But he's not Superman. He can't do it all by himself. Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. And and you got to start looking at the talent level on this team. And and it's time to start looking at Joe Douglas. And I understand that he does a great job in bringing back draft value in trades. But you got to start to look at the point: is is this roster better than it was two years ago? And I think in some areas you can say definitively yes. But overall, I don't think anybody can say that this is definitely headed in the right direction and things are definitely getting better I I know they have some promising players but when you come out and have one of the worst performances in franchise history against a Patriots team that by the way was two and four and and it's a little deceiving because they've had some good games against the Bucks and and almost beat the Cowboys last week so I don't think they're a typical two and four team but 
it's not like this is the juggernaut Patriots here. I mean, they just got humiliated by a Patriots team that had not won a home game before today. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. On the offensive side of the ball, they failed to score points in the first quarter again. Andy, they've now been outscored 44-0 in the first quarter. Is that bad? I think it's kind of bad. bad. It might not be the worst thing in the world. Wait, no, yeah, it's pretty much the worst thing in the world, 44-0. That's really, really bad to be outscored 44-0 in the first quarter. Because as you know, Andy, if you put yourself into that hole time and time again and you don't have the ammo to get out of it. Look, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, although we saw today that even they sometimes can't come out of holes, but if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and you have that kind of firepower, then maybe you can afford to go down in the first quarter like that, but with the Jets, when you don't really have that kind of firepower, you can't do it. And once again today, we saw that they were not able to get out of the hole. Now, a big part of the reason why they weren't able to get out of the hole, for being honest about it, is that Zach Wilson went down early in the game. Now, to be fair, Mike White did okay when he came in. I know he threw the two interceptions, and it's not like he lit the world on fire, but he wasn't completely embarrassing. I'm not so sure that he should be the starter going forward if Wilson has to miss a significant period of time, which we'll get into later, but that's a whole other discussion for another time, probably later this week when we figure out what the Jets are going to do at quarterback. But I actually thought Wilson looked a lot better early on 
They had that one three and out on the first drive, but then they drove down for what should have been points. It ended up Amendola missing a field goal. And then Zach Wilson's next drive after that, they were able to get down to the two-yard line because, remember, they called the pass interference that brought the Jets down to the two-yard line on the play where Wilson got hurt and ended up exiting the game. So I thought he looked a lot better. He had one really beautiful throw to Ryan Griffin on the run. He had another one where he flipped the ball to Ty Johnson where it looked like for sure he was about to get sacked, and that saved the drive. That was on the drive where they almost got the field goal, but Amendola missed the 49-yarder. So on the bright side, Wilson did look better, but of course we get to the point where now we have to talk about him getting hurt. I know he said it was the right knee, and it apparently happened on the Matthew Judon hit, which, by the way, I'm not understanding how this works with calling penalties. Apparently, if the quarterback gets hit after he gets rid of the ball and he's on a team that's not the Jets, they call it a penalty. But if he's wearing a Jets uniform, it's not a penalty. The play before... One of the guys on the Patriots went for his legs, no call. On this one, Judon clearly hit him after he got rid of the ball, and no call. But of course, on this one is when he comes out. Early speculation that it could be something having to do with his PCL. I spoke to Dr. Steven Stoller, as you know if you listen to the show. Retired 35-year practicing orthopedic surgeon. And he said that it really depends on the severity of what happened with the PCL, if it's the PCL, because it could be anywhere from a couple of games to almost the rest of the season. So we'll have to wait and see what the MRI reveals. But Andy, again, this is one of those the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away type of things because Wilson really started to look better early on and then boom, he was gone. And after that... Not that the Jets necessarily were going to be in the game the way the defense was playing, but you never really got that sense with Mike White. Even though he looked kind of comfortable and he was doing the short stuff and it seemed simple for him, sort of like what Mac Jones was doing before he got going later on, you never really thought that the Jets had the firepower to come back from any real deficit here. Yeah, I mean, Wilson did look good um, at times there, but they still, you know, they did get a couple first downs on the same drive in the first quarter, I think three, and that's the first time that's happened all season, so that's progress. But, yeah, it's all kind of negated because now he's going to lose reps for however much time he misses, and you know, maybe he won't miss any time, but it sure seems like it's unlikely that he's going to play in the next two games considering the Jets play a week from now against the Bengals and then five days later against the Colts. So Wilson said himself that, He's not ready to rule himself out of that. And I'll just go through everything that he said right now because it's just uh, best to clear everything up with his injury. Mm-hmm. He he was hit awkwardly two plays before he got hurt, uh, and it looked bad, but he said that, that he actually came out of that play totally fine, that his, his leg, well, it looked bad, it, it bent normally. Um, and then when Judon hit him, he said his toe got caught in the turf, uh, and then Judon's entire body weight landed on his leg. He felt a pop. And he felt some twisting uh, and he said it wasn't super painful, but he knew something was off and something was wrong and he wasn't. And then when he tried to move his leg, it felt sore. He wasn't sure if he could move it. So he stayed down until the doctors came over and he worried at first about it being the worst case scenario. And he admitted that sucked. And then they did the test. He walked off the field, went to the sideline. They walked him back to the locker room. He obviously didn't come back. He said in the locker room, he started asking can I go back in? Can I get back out in the field? They told him it was best for him not to because they weren't sure of the extent of the injury. And he said that uh, the belief is that it is a PCL injury, which he said would be the best case scenario as far as he knows, but he's not exactly sure. He and Robert Sala said that they're just waiting for the MRI on Monday 
And that's going to kind of determine what's next. As you just said, the severity of the injury could range anywhere from a short amount of time. And, and if there's no significant injury, who knows how short that amount of time could be. But on the other end of the spectrum, if there's something there that's more severe than they believe it is right now, it, it could go the other way. So just got to wait on the results for the MRI as far as that goes. And then as for the, the hits being dirty, Salah said he didn't have a problem with either of the hits. Uh, I, I believe he said, and you'll have to check for me for certain on this, on the, on the rule, but he said that because Wilson was outside the tackle box uh, on both hits, that he wasn't, uh, like hitting low is not a problem there. So I, I don't know exactly what the rule is. I think the quarterback is a runner at that point. And Wilson said he had no problem with Judon's hit. He didn't think he was trying to, to hurt him. He was a little less cool with the earlier hit because I can't remember who it was, but the guy went at his legs near the sideline. He, he wasn't sure why he did that, but Wilson did say maybe he didn't have any other option. Andy, I got to tell you, it's funny because for as bad as this game was, one of the things that I used to cheer myself up, at least for a second before I started to actually think about it, was the Jets are probably going to have four picks in the top 40 now, the way things are working out, because Seattle's in big trouble. Russell Wilson's not playing, and so they haven't been able to get out of their own way. The Jets are obviously playing terribly, so their pick and the Seattle pick could very well end up being top 10 picks. The Jets almost looks like a cinch to be a top 10 pick, and right now, if the season were to end, Seattle's would be 10th. And then I thought about how, obviously, if the Jets pick in the top five, then their pick in the second round would be at the top of the second round. And then look at what's going on in Carolina, where they're completely falling apart. Sam Darnold gets benched today, and the Panthers have lost four straight games. But then I thought to myself, why am I even doing this in my head right now? Because every time I do this, and it's been like this for the last couple of years because of how bad the Jets have been, it's early in the season where you start to look forward to the draft. You say, oh, the Jets have this pick and that pick and this pick and that pick. And it seems like no matter who they pick, nothing ever changes, right? It's not like they ever get these picks and the picks turn out to be so amazing that they turn it around. And that's not to say that the 2021 draft might not end up being a pretty good draft. So far, Michael Carter looks okay. Elijah Moore, when they've looked his way, he's been okay. We also obviously have to wait and see what happens with Zach Wilson. And Elijah Vera Tucker clearly has been pretty good. But when you look at it in totality, every time the Jets get that high pick, they get all these players and then they end up being bad anyway. So I'm at the point where, and I think most people could probably understand this, as much as it's fun to think about the draft and what they could do with these picks, it's almost like this is Groundhog Day, that movie with Bill Murray where you're reliving the same day over and over and yeah. over again. Because that's really what it feels like as a Jets fan. You look forward to the draft, they get these draft picks, guys come in here, you get all excited, you get all hyped up, and then the next thing you know, the teams went in two games or four games or five games, and it seems like that's where they're headed again this year. And I know that... On the surface, we all had to expect that to some degree. But at the same time, Andy, we thought that they were at least going to be competitive and fun. And they have been the exact opposite of that this season, with the exception, of course, of the Tennessee game. Yeah, I mean, they've had a few moments where it was competitive and fun against Carolina in the second half. And like you said, the Tennessee game and I think late in the Falcons game, you got to give them some credit for finding a way to get back in that game. But but yeah, it hasn't. It's been the same thing over and over again. And now you're you're getting into this interesting dynamic with Douglas, who's been on the job for more than two years, like I said before. And he's going to 
be going into this third year and there's going to be a ton of pressure on him to show significant improvement now. So I don't know if the Jets are going to have to consider at some point here using some of these assets to, to get themselves an established player who can help them now because they, they can't wait to show progress in the draft. And, and that's obviously a whole other issue with, you know, organizations go through when the guys who lead the organization are under pressure to see results. Are they going to make the best decisions for the organization? Are they going to make the best decisions for themselves? I mean, this is a whole thing that's going to kind of change these next few years for the Jets. And, and we've seen that before too, but, but maybe Douglas can get it right. But, but yeah, it's, it has felt like Groundhog's Day. Um, you know, and I, and there, there were some things to be positive about today. I shouldn't forget Elijah Moore had his first career touchdown, 19 mm-hmm. yard run. It was very, it was a very nice run. It was a well-designed play. They used it at the right time. I mean, uh, and it didn't obviously make a difference in the outcome of this game, but it was nice. I'm sure for Jets fans to see some of that potential, uh, actually pay off on the field for once. Yeah, and they finally gave Elijah Moore design touches, and guess what? One of them, he broke a tackle and went for a first down. The other one, he ended up running for a touchdown. So you would think they'd do more of that, and that to me is another frustrating part of this, Andy, is that they had all this time off. They said they had evaluated what didn't work, what had worked, what they could do differently, and they really didn't do a lot that was different. And so throughout the week, we're going to dive in there. I think Mike LaFleur is going to get a lot of criticism. Some of it he deserves. Some of it he doesn't. Luke Grant, I know, was fired up about this. So he'll have plenty to say both on our YouTube channel and on the podcast throughout the week. But ultimately now, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Jets, particularly at the quarterback position going forward because we don't know how long Zach Wilson's going to be out. You touched on some of what Wilson said. You touched on some of what Salah said. I know that Salah said a little bit more. I know that Sheldon Rankin spoke. We heard from Mike White, too. What did we hear from those guys, and what's the story injury-wise? I know that you gave us the latest on Wilson, but I know Blake Cashman and Jamie and Sherwood got hurt as well. What's happening there? Yeah, so I'll just start with the injuries. Cashman got hurt with a groin injury. Sherwood, uh, I believe, came back into the game with that concussion, so I think he's cool. Um, Quinn, I'm sorry, Quincy Williams left the game with a concussion, didn't return, so he, he's dealing with that. And I think that was the extent of it, uh, the major stuff on the injuries there. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's as far as I can remember that was it. Okay, now going into what they said uh, and, and kind of the demeanor in the interview room. Robert Sala has obviously been a really confident, upbeat guy. He just looked kind of shell-shocked and, and downtrodden in the interview room. And and then he, he did something we haven't seen before, which is make the, the dude who has uh, hidden the sensor button there he kept him pretty busy during this <laughs> press conference. He, he swore twice, including the very rare coaching uh, F-bomb in, in the postgame. Uh, basically, he was saying when he swore that that the first time that nobody's going to feel sorry for them. Um, they're, they've gotten to the point where they're, they're facing adversity. It's here. It's here for real. And uh, the NFL doesn't give a flying S word uh, with its schedule. They're going to have to play 11 more games and, and, and they're going to have to play better or they're going to keep getting humiliated. And then he also added that sometimes you get your effing teeth effing. And then he said, excuse my language. <laughs> teeth kicked in and then he's and then he apologized so very polite about it 
but but clearly you know from him i think fans will like seeing that anger and and the fact that he's not okay with this there wasn't a ton of that emotion from other guys i think that might bother the fans a little bit um just about everybody was asked about what Richard Seymour said at halftime. He was inducted into the Patriots Hall of Fame um, and did, gave a speech on the field. And at halftime, he said that he could have picked any game he he wanted, but he picked the Jets game, the homecoming game against the Jets. And obviously, there was a homecoming-like result today. So that, that <laughs> jab landed true. It was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, the, like Sheldon Rankins was asked about it, and he said that he respects – Seymour and that that he watches his tape still and and but and that he's wishes him nothing but the best Marcus May was told about it and actually chuckled and just said you know whatever that's his opinion I still respect him as a player so they, the Jets took the high road on that one uh, when several Jets players were asked if they were upset that the Patriots were still throwing late in the game with a huge lead um, Marcus May was one guy and I agree with him who said I mean, it's the NFL. It's our job to stop mm-hmm. them. So not, mm-hmm. don't get upset. And Sheldon Rankin said he was upset, but also added that it's their job to stop them. And then Morgan Moses was asked about it and said, you know, I have nobody likes to have the score run up on them and said again that they have to focus on themselves and, and playing better and, and, you know, not hanging the defense out to drive to dry with a three and out in the first quarter. Um, and that was pretty much the extent of it. I mean, Mike White said that it was – you know, a little bit stunning, everything that happened. His first concern was for Wilson and then to get in the game. And it was a little overwhelming at first, but he got into a rhythm and felt more comfortable as it went on. He felt like he played pretty well, but would like to have a couple throws back, especially I think the second interception where he missed Ryan Griffin high. But, yep, that was basically the scene in the post game. A lot of guys obviously frustrated, you know, because the Jets talked all week about, coming out and playing better after the bye, and, and this is what we saw, and it, it was not better. I should add that, first of all, I agree with Marcus May. It's the NFL, not Pee Wee football, so if you have a problem with the other team running up the score, do something about it. Stop them from getting into the end zone, period, end of sentence. I should also say that for some people that thought that on social media I was very tough on Joe Douglas and not very tough on the coaching staff, look, ultimately everybody's going to have to answer for this here. I'm only saying that Douglas is the one who's been here longer. He's been building the roster. So he's the one who's going to be on the hot seat if this keeps up until the end of the year going into next season. Whereas Salah and those guys probably get a little bit more leash to work with. But I will say, as I've said before, Mike LaFleur, who has not done the best job in the world, although I do think some of this stuff that's getting blamed on him is getting blown out of proportion a little, but ultimately he doesn't seem to have a firm grasp of being the offensive coordinator for whatever reason so far. There are some serious issues there that need to get fixed, and if they don't get fixed, I think there's a good chance he'll be gone because, as I said, Joe Douglas, if this doesn't turn around, his job is on the line, and there's no way he's going to sit there and say, oh, okay, this offense was bottom three in the league, And our rookie quarterback that we spent the number two overall pick on was terrible and didn't progress. But sure, no problem. We're going to bring back this guy who is a rookie coordinator in the first place. If that plays out, there's no way that LaFleur survives. I've seen a lot of fans on social media saying that they should fire the offensive coordinator after six games. And no, that is insane. You do not do that. But yes, of course, if if this is the way it keeps going, he's not going to make it to next year. And that's totally reasonable 
and it makes sense. So just throwing that out there, but no, the answer is not to fire the guy after six games, but certainly he needs to be better. There is no doubt, and, and I'm sure he'll say it when he talks to us this week, that he needs to be better. And they may want to get him some help as well, whether that's a consultant or some extra person on the coaching staff, I don't know. But like I said, if this keeps up to the end of the year, Douglas will wind up on the hot seat and LaFleur will probably end up looking for another job. So I don't want it to sound like I'm laying this all on Joe Douglas. I'm just saying that when you have a team that repeatedly wins two games and four games and five games over and over and over again, the reality is you don't get to do that that many times before you get shown the door in the NFL. And so if this happens this year where they win two or three or four games, Douglas is going to be under a lot of pressure to deliver next year, and he's especially going to be under a lot of pressure if Zach Wilson has big problems the rest of the season when he comes back. If Wilson plays really well, it might be a different story. But if Wilson has major issues the rest of the year and the team doesn't win very many games, going into next year, Douglas is going to be on the hot seat. There's no question about it. And like I said, LaFleur might not even be here. Andy Vasquez covering the Jets for NorthJersey.com. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Make sure that you follow Andy on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. Read his work at NorthJersey.com where you can get six months of unlimited access to everything at NorthJersey.com. Local sports plus local news, everything they've got to offer there. 99 cents for six months. That's 15 cents a month. I'm a subscriber. You should be too. Check it out right now and check out our YouTube channel. Luke Grant's doing some fantastic film videos. I know he's going to be breaking down what he sees as the shortcomings of Mike LaFleur's offense later this week. He's got other videos coming too. Watch the videos and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Check out our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the Zach Says Go Long shirt with him pointing long. We've also got the Bless You Thank You shirt. Quentin Williams and John Franklin Myers in honor of the John Franklin Myers contract extension. They're available right now at tpublic.com, T-E-E-Public.com. Great artwork done by Luke Grant's significant other, Alex. You can find her work on Instagram at underscore can I be Frank. And give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital and Play Like a Jet. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, forward, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.